We are not super people with superpowers. We are ordinary people deciding to create change in our lives. Dr. Karen Shanks. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. I'm so grateful that you chose to join me today. First, I want to start by giving a shout out to Carmen Alex, who wrote a review for the podcast in iTunes. And Carmen says, wealth of knowledge, five stars in a world full of conventional wisdom. One may ask why people are getting fatter and sicker, less happy and more worried. Maybe because we came to an era in which we expect others, government, hospitals, doctors, politicians, to handle a responsibility that we're supposed to take on. What responsibility? The one of personally taking taking care of our own health. Thank you, Carmen Alex, for your vote of confidence. So great to have you as a listener. And if you'd like to write a review, you're welcome to do so in iTunes. I'd love it if you would take a screenshot and share it on social media. Tag me and DM me on Instagram, and I will send you a special gift. Doing so helps other women to find us, other women who need this information. Believe it or not, if you're listening, I know you think that a lot of the things we talk about are common sense when it comes to health, but 99.9% of the women in this world do not know this information, and they continue to be subject to symptom control with drugs and surgery in mainstream doctors' offices offices globally. So I'd love it if you would give another woman the opportunity to find us and get this necessary information by writing a review. It'll take you less than 60 seconds and you could have done a great service in that 60 seconds. So I hope you will join me in doing so. And I thank you in advance for doing that. I'm so excited about sharing my guest with you today, Dr. Karen Shanks. She not only embraces my favorite medical discipline of functional medicine, but also totally gets the body-mind situation that is the foundation of who we are. She incorporates all of the issues necessary in order to heal into her book, practice, and programs. She and I are definitely on the same page when it comes to partnering with you to create brilliant health. I'd love to share with you her manifesto to a healing life that is presented at the beginning of her book entitled Heal, a nine-stage roadmap to recover energy, reverse chronic illness, and claim the potential of a vibrant new you. So here it goes, the manifesto to a healing life. We care. We hope we heal. We care. First, we care for ourselves with great reverence. We believe in our higher selves and embrace our soul's vast potential through care of our whole selves, body, mind, and spirit. We become strong. We become whole. Then we care for others, our families, our communities, and our world. We reach out from our strength and wholeness to share our light with those around us. 
We strive to elevate others and in doing so, elevate our world and ourselves. We hope, we know hope is the highest expression of our potential and allows us to move forward, strengthening us in the face of all life's challenges. We allow hope to expand us, inspiring our growth and healing, making tomorrow a better day than today. We ignite hope with clear intention and action and throw open the doors to the infinite possibilities of our lives. We heal. We know that healing is the primary urge of nature. We claim this healing as our own. Healing is actively striving to achieve the purpose for which we were born. While not always curing, healing elevates our souls. We know the bones of healing are in what we do for ourselves and in our brave, reverent attention to what matters most. Our full participation in our lives, our relationships, and our world. We heal. And our path to healing is also the prize, our radiant presence, our truest selves, our brilliant potential our deepest healing. Our bright presence inspires others, igniting hope, illuminating our shared path. We take this journey together. Thank you so much for those beautiful words, Dr. Karen Shanks. I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to go ahead and get started. Dr. Karen Shanks, MD, is a functional medicine physician who focuses on body-mind principles in helping her clients heal by addressing the root cause of disease. She is the author of Heal, a nine-stage roadmap to recover energy, reverse chronic illness, and claim the potential of a vibrant new you, in which she shares wisdom gleaned from the transformational journeys of thousands of clients over her 28-year career. Dr. Shanks is the founder and director of the Center for Medicine and Healing Arts in Iowa City, a place where she connects with people, mentors them, and reminds them of what is possible on a journey of deep, sustainable healing. Welcome, Dr. Karen Shanks. It is so wonderful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I think it's important for people listening to know that how we MDs who came to a functional approach got there, because I hear over and over again, why doesn't my regular doctor tell me this? Why doesn't my regular doctor know this? I don't understand. People really don't get why there are so few of us who understand a root cause approach. So what is your journey from traditional medicine to a functional body-mind approach? I think it actually started when I went to medical school. I didn't have a language for it at the time, but I remember feeling so deeply disappointed when we moved from the richness of the biological sciences and you know human physiology and how things worked at, the, at a deep systems biology level into our clinical work where we left all that behind and started focusing on diseases and on pathology and on drugs to, you know, drug protocols to manage those diseases. And it didn't feel right, but I didn't know how to like express that. And then when I finished my medical training, I realized I didn't have the skills that my chronic complex patients needed. 
I didn't have the knowledge and I didn't have the skills because I didn't learn it in, med in medical school. So I had to start figuring it out. And I also went through my own journey of deep fatigue. I call it my universal smackdown when just er everything fell apart. And I had to figure myself out because I was perfectly normal according to my conventional according to conventional medicine, just a stressed out mom of two, you know, who went to medical school and was, was balancing being a mom with a practice. But, you know, I knew, I knew that that didn't really explain what was going on. So yeah, that started my journey into nu nutritional medicine, holistic medicine. Then I found the Institute for Functional Medicine and began their training and learning, going back to those roots of systems biology and learning a system for looking for root causes of what ails people. So that in a nutshell, that's how I came to functional medicine. Right. And I explained to people that pretty much all the clinicians who practice this type of medicine had health challenges that were not answered by mainstream medicine, or they had a loved one who had unresolved health problems. And so it's kind of through seeking for additional answers and being open to receive those answers that we came to them. And I love how you say it's through a series of miraculous events in your book that you came upon this information. And same for me, it was absolutely miraculous. But I had to be open to knowing that I didn't know everything, even though the board said I did know everything about women's health. I had to come to the place of knowing and realizing that, mm, no, something's wrong because <laughs> I'm normal. And so I hate that we have to go through those painful journeys, but I love that we who are healers are here now to have had those journeys, to share them with the people who are really want the help. Right. And in a world of quick fixes, I also love how you talk about that you really act as a partner and mentor to people who want to go on the journey of deep, sustainable healing. What was your evolution of belief along the road to knowing that that's what was necessary and helping people to understand that? I had to let go of the training that I received. And I think that we all received as physicians that we were all knowing and we were the experts and we were the source of the, you know, the last word. That's the hidden curriculum of medicine. I hope that's changing. And I had to realize that everybody brings their own deep wealth of knowledge and expertise about themselves and intuition that is, of course, never, not at all considered in our training. And so, you know, people would come to me with chronic complex illness and they knew a lot about what they needed to do and where they needed to go. And I just learned to respect that. I learned to respect it in myself as I dealt with my own health issues. And I learned to see it and expect and really respect it in my clients. And now it's something I try to cultivate in everybody who comes because I want them to become their own healer, right? And I'm here as a guide. I'm here as a resource. I'm here to, you know, offer knowledge and support but ultimately I want them to become their own healers. Right, the body really heals itself. And so we're just giving it what it needs, removing what it doesn't and 
and helping. Yes, absolutely. And so can you talk a little bit about the nine domains of healing that you talk about in your book called Heal that I already told them about in the introduction, but what are those nine domains? And maybe you could tell a little bit about each one. As I was saying before we started the interview, there's so much, it's such a rich text that we can't cover it all, but we can at least give you, entice you to pick it up yourself and read it because it is so rich. And the nine domains of healing is it's a just a way that I worked out for myself to organize the areas of our humanness and our biology and our behavior that really need our reverent attention as we go through life as we as we try to build what I refer to as a healing life which is a way of looking at healing as a just a long-term sustainable way of life approach. And so I broke it up into nine sections that seemed logical to me and other people look at it in, in their own nuanced ways. I wanted to create a journey, sort of a roadmap. And not everybody needs to go into all nine areas. Many people are already very accomplished in some of these areas. The goal for me was to provide this roadmap so that people could look at it and look at these areas and then jump in where they feel they need to go. So I start out the journey, the first domain of healing I call let go. And that's where we let go of toxins, irritants, and negative energy to create the space for healing. Because we need to, sometimes uh, if I look at letting go biologically speaking, if we just open up, we take, remove some toxins and food irritants and reduce inflammation and toxicity, suddenly we've opened up physiology and, and, and that's all some people need you know, to really start their healing process. Mm-hmm. Also, psychologically and spiritually, I think we need to make space too. We need to, you know, get rid of uh, clutter and distraction and those things that keep us from focusing on what's important to us. Mm-hmm. That, that felt like a good beginning point. And then I dive into love, to into balance, which is about balancing stress and creating resilience and strength within a domain of that I call restore, which is addresses sleep and rest and, and play. There's a domain of movement, of nourishment, which involves food. Food we need to nourish us as well as the foods that we need to get out of our food plans. I have a section that I call discover, which is about harnessing the power of the mind so that we can address those stories that we tell ourselves that can get in the way of our healing, which is often where I have to start with clients. Because for instance, a lot of my women clients are so good at taking care of everybody else in their lives, their children, their spouses, their clients, everybody on the the whole world that they don't have, there's no place for themselves. So they need to learn to make themselves a priority first before they can even change their food plan, you know, because there's just no, there's no space in their life for it. There's a domain of the emotions that I call flow, which is about learning to listen to the wisdom that our emotions bring us, this intuitive wisdom and guidance that we can tap into to help, you know, direct our healing lives. And then a section that I call rise, nourishing meaning, purpose, grace, and awe are learning to become present, which I discuss as a ninth domain, but it's also the path 
that we need as we go through all of these domains. Because the more present we are to what we're doing to take care of ourselves, the better we're going to be at it, you know? And, the, and I think the more successful we're going to be at creating our healing lives and creating our resilience and our ability to thrive and enjoy our lives. At this time in particular, I think talking about resilience is so key. The book is, I love how you say on the cover, fatigue is not your destiny. And I think a lot of women in this day and age have come to accept or believe that they're just going to be tired. And that is a sign of lack of resilience. And right now with the current viral crisis, I think we're all now reevaluating, ooh, really how resilient is my health? How resilient is my immune system? And so what would you offer for people as we're navigating this new terrain together? Right. Well, it's, I think it's, people do have this foundational understanding, I think, that we're stuck with our gene. If we have our genes, we're stuck with, you know, what we expect those genes are about. Or if our parents had this or that, it's running, it's in the family, we're stuck with it. And the new paradigm, as you know, is epigenetics, which is that our genes and how they function is very much dependent on what kind of environment those genes are a part of. And that's our the external environment and also the internal environment that we create through our lifestyle habits. And so once we get to understand what we need, we can build a reserve of resilience. And that's exactly what this epidemic, this pandemic is screaming for us to do. It's what we're going to need to do because this pandemic isn't going to go away anytime soon. And the predictions are that a large part of the population will need to become sick in order for the, there to be enough immunity for the pandemic to begin to fade away and become controllable. So you know, one a very powerful thing that we can all do is work to build that resilience mm -hmm. through self-care. And as functional medicine practitioners, people are ripe for it now. There is ever a time, you know, people are ripe and hungry for it. They're scared. They, we've got their attention. <laughs> You know, I think that people <laughs> a lot of times put off taking care of their health. They put off self-care or inquiry and they kind of think, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll take care of that when I have time or when I retire or and now the pressure is on. Everyone's like, what do I need to do now? <laughs> to improve my health because I think that people are really getting that there are ways to manipulate the fortitude of their immune system. And so they're wanting to know how. And so I think it's important if you're listening to understand that this same approach that Dr. Shank's book talks about in terms of healing chronic fatigue all of these are applicable to improving your resilience right. when it comes to your health. And part of that, and I love, I know you have a special gift that you're going to offer. We'll talk about that at the end, but about your healing story. It starts with the story you tell yourself. And so how might that apply not only with chronic fatigue, but with the current pandemic how does the story that you're telling of your healing or lack thereof or your vulnerability to the virus or your resistance to it, how does the story play in? Can you help everyone understand what that means? Yeah, and what I'm hearing a lot of are fearful stories right now. I don't think a lot of people have gotten to the point of getting beyond the fear 
and beyond the sort of survival-oriented responses to thinking through how can I foundationally strengthen myself so that going forward, I can keep my, myself and my family well so that we can thrive through this incredible challenge that we're facing. This is about, it's going to involve self-care, but I think first and foremost, it's going to, it has to involve finding some balance because fear is a normal response to what we're hearing. And we need to hear what's going on. You know, we need to know what's going on to a certain extent with this pandemic. And we need to know what we need to do to keep the vulnerable people in our population safe. But in hearing those stories and hearing the recommendations, we're naturally fearful. It, I mean, I feel fear when I look at the New York Times or I listen to you know, some of the expert podcasts that I listen to. So we need to learn to, to control the amount of information that's coming in. And I see people you know, checking the news many times during the day, getting into social media where a lot of these articles are being shared and a lot of fear is being shared. In addition to very beautiful things, I've seen a lot of very beautiful things on social media as well. <laughs> We need to learn to limit the onslaught and find ways to feel peaceful so that we can manage ourselves in the most, I think, in the most effective way as we're in sort of the most critical part of this pandemic right now. Yeah, I realized early on when I really realized that this was something I needed to take seriously, we all needed to take seriously. I kind of went down the rabbit hole a few times and I had to realize that the things that took me down a negative rabbit hole and not just a being informed rabbit hole that allowed me to take informed affirmative action were reading personal stories about individuals, looking at pictures that people posted of some very horrific things. Anything that grabbed my reptilian brain and hooked me into irrational fear, and I had to divest myself of that. And so I only go to credible resources and get credible factual information, take the actions that I can. And I find that my mindset is, is way better when I can do that. Yes. Hey, have you been feeling anxious about the current climate and new risks to your health? And wondering if your overall level of health is good enough to support you if you were to get sick? You are not alone. Now more than ever, your health has got to be brilliant, support you, and shine. It's time to stop procrastinating on getting the evaluation, knowledge, tools, and support that you know you need to address the roots of what's going wrong with your health, keeping you tired, overweight, lacking in stamina, and on prescription medications. That is just not good enough anymore. New threats mean you've got to develop a better defense, and I'm here to help. I personally invite you to schedule a complimentary phone consultation with me wherever you live to discuss your personal health concerns and how a comprehensive holistic root cause approach can help you not only alleviate the current symptoms you're having, but also boost your level of health resilience. It's all about resilience now. You can sign up on my website, kirandunstonmd.com, where there's additional information about supercharging your wellness during this important time in our history. 
I love how in the beginning of the book, you have people kind of write the story of their healing. I think it's a fabulous tool. And you talk about how we are energetic beings and you really start with that. And with the my paradigm of how I talk to people about their health, I always talk about hormones are the foundation, toxicity and inflammation above that nutritional insufficiency, and then mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic on top. But I love how you turn that around and you're right up front with, you are an energetic being. It starts with your story. So can you talk about how you help people to understand that? I was speaking with a patient this week and really talking to her about these issues. And she says, well, this is the first time any doctor has ever told me anything like this. I think it's about having people claim from the very beginning that this is their journey and this is about them. They are the expert on themselves and they need to define what they want and that they what they want is perfectly 100% okay and legitimate. And maybe we're even going to have you reach a little higher than you thought you could, right? Mm-hmm. And then you become sort of the architect or the CEO of your well-being, your life, and you bring in consultants and experts to help you and to give you advice. But all the while, you maintain that inner vision and that inner strength. You are in charge of you. And I think that it's so easy to lose that in the conventional medicine arena, right? Where, you know, you it's fast visits and you know, people don't even feel like they are a person when they're in conventional medicine settings. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. So to, so I start the book out with having people write that story. And I do use that with my clients as well in our very first interviews, like, what are your goals? What is your story? How, what do you want to achieve? I love that's that. where it begins. Yeah. And to somebody who really has not, you know, maybe they're very religious and they're, they're used to our traditional mainstream medicine, getting drugs and surgery, and you're working with them and working with supplements and diet and the different areas that you work in. How do would you explain to someone who really has no experience with this, and I'm always looking for better ways to explain this to people, that they really get that their thoughts and feelings and beliefs affect their health and how that interacts and how we are energetic beings? Because I, I don't think most people, although it's something I live and breathe every single day, I don't think the average person understands that. And when I introduce it, I'm almost still amazed at how most people are not aware of that. So how do you help people to understand that? It really depends on the person and where they're at. And sometimes it's as easy as if I'm sitting with a very anxious, fearful, scared, sick person, Mm -hmm. I observe their shallow breathing and their tight, stiff body. I can simply point that out and they get it. And I can take them through a breathing exercise and we can work on getting them to feel their body and to inhabit their body. I literally will ask people, where are you? And, you know, Mm. and I'll say, just play along with me. Just put point to where you are. And a a lot of times the really anxious people are here and I'm pointing to my head or they point above their head. They're not even in their bodies. So a simple breathing exercise, and they get to experience what their body feels like as it relaxes and as they feel like they're, they're inhabiting it. 
I could also use simple yoga poses that help people feel more grounded. And so I think if we ha help people like take them through an experiential exercise like that, they get it. I love that. People get it. Most people do get it. I just don't think they trust it. They don't trust that they are really whole. <laughs> you know, we learn that our, you know, that these things are separate. And when we go into conventional medicine settings, it's just our body that's approached and, and taken care of, you know, but it, people know, people get it. Everybody gets it. We really are trained to believe that we are just our body and there is an energy. And one of the things I like to do is have people laugh really heartily and then say, say, pay attention to how you feel now. Let's laugh really heartily, a little laughter yoga. Now, how do you feel? Oh, I feel elevated, optimistic. And that's yes. a great example. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so with chronic fatigue, how big a problem is this in our culture today? Huge. <laughs> yeah. Huge. Everybody. <laughs> I think everybody's experienced persistent fatigue at some point, and they may not call it chronic fatigue. But, you know, if we ask them, if I ask them to quantify their energy level, it's mm -hmm. not where it needs to be. I think anybody with any kind of persistent illness or dysfunction is experiencing fatigue as part of that. And some people have identified that and they'll say that right up front. Some people even identify themselves as having chronic fatigue, but many people just have never labeled it, but they're tired. And everybody who comes to see me is tired. If someone's listening and they're wondering, oh, well, I know I'm tired, but do I have a diagnosable ICD-10 code chronic fatigue? How, what would you tell them? how to determine that. I like to throw out the diagnosis. Yes. And I try to convince people that that's really important. That the diagnosis really confines us to a box. If you're given a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome in a conventional setting, the exploration for what's wrong with you really stops. The conventional protocol is put into place, which may involve drugs and some other things, but in all inquiry stops. So in my view, the diagnosis is a story that limits us and limits what we can do. And there are as many causes for chronic fatigue and chronic fatigue syndrome as there are people who have it. And there's always an underlying cause or usually causes a multitude of things that we have to deal with. And I love that. The diagnosis limits inquiry. The inquiry stops. That's so true. And and I think it's important for everybody listening to understand that chronic fatigue is just a symptom. And mainstream medicine is really concerned with what is the diagnosis? What's the disease? What drug do I need to give or surgery do I need to do? And so what we're talking about is the fact that you then have to ask, well, why? And the why is the heart of functional medicine and a body-mind approach. It's all the root causes. Yeah. What caused you to have this symptom of fatigue and it's multifactorial, so it's not one thing. So there's no one-shot wonder. Right. And what is your approach to someone usually who's having chronic fatigue? And I know that you really start with story and, and helping them understand they are energy. And then what other types of things do you do to evaluate them? Sure. So, of course, the story is the heart of the evaluation. And I, I would say nine out of 10 times, I can probably come up with a list of the top reasons for that fatigue just from the story. 
And then I do a physical exam, of course. I do a very thorough physical exam, and I'm going to do lab work. And a lot of lab work is conventional lab work, looking at does this person have anemia? Does this person have a thyroid dysfunction or adrenal dysfunction that's part of their fatigue? And I also like to do functional testing for nutrition and then whatever else is, whatever clues there might be in the story that might lead me down a particular direction. Do they have a chronic infection? Might they have Lyme disease or, you know, or co-infections, which are so often go undiagnosed in conventional settings. So huge gamut of considerations when we're dealing with fatigue. It's a basic energy debt. It's an energy deficit. Are there irritants or toxins? Are there, is there something going on that needs to be gotten rid of, right? That we need to get out of there to unblock your physiology, your energy physiology? Or is there some unmet need? Hormones, nutrients, et cetera. And it really comes down to those key questions. And then, you know, doing a, I like to say, I throw out a wide net in terms of my testing to try to answer all those questions. And some folks might have 20 things that we have to correct, you know, that all add up, that are all important. Yeah. And as you were talking, this, the analogy of how you look at your, your finances popped into my head because you wouldn't, you know, take a diagnosis, chronic fatigue with health or chronic impoverishment with finances and just make that the diagnosis and try to apply some drug to that. You have to look at why and look at all those causes you're talking about. And for most people, they're usually myriad causes. It's not just one thing. And in this time that we're going through, because it is so challenging, what would be your top tips for how people can nourish and love themselves and each other throughout this challenging time? Right. Well, first and foremost, follow the uh, recommendations that are out very, they're everywhere now for staying safe. Keep yourself safe. We're still in the zone where we need to be socially isolated absolutely get informed about that. You can go to the CDC website. That is one thing I will go to the CDC website about and follow those. They really are necessary right now. But then I think it comes, it goes back to the, some of the foundational things that we teach as functional medicine providers, eat well, you know, and I know people at this, people are afraid they want to comfort themselves. They want to eat sugar and comforting foods, but this is really the time to, if you, we want to support our immunity to eat really well, eat a whole foods diet. A lot of people, a lot of your listeners are probably already doing some version of that, I would suspect. So really focus on that and see how you, you can optimize that sleep huge we need to sleep deeply to lower, you know, to lower our stress hormone levels and to detoxify and to and to support our immunity and support our energy levels. It, it is so important and we can't hack it. There's no way around it. We have to sleep, right? Yes. Oh, sleep. sleep. Vitamin yes. S. <laughs> Vitamin S. Absolutely. Movement. And most of us can still get outside. I'm in Iowa. We don't have the the epidemic hasn't impact us as much as it has in other major metropolitan areas. We can still get outside and maintain our social distance. I think getting out in nature. I know when I get out with my dog and go into the woods, it's so I just feel my body just 
let go, I just feel so much more relaxed and happy. And it's spring, so there's new growth and birds. And and in whatever you do, to, if you have a meditation practice or a yoga practice, stick to it. You know, stick to it. If you don't have one, this might be a, an excellent time to begin a five-minute meditation. We really need to fortify ourselves with relaxation so we can stay resilient through this crisis. So back, really focusing on the foundational aspects of healing. There are supplements that we can add to people's regimens to help support immunity, but I I think it's far more important to focus on the basics. I absolutely agree. And I actually discovered, I guess, Deepak and Oprah are doing a special meditation series for this time, which is lovely. I started doing it yesterday. It's 21 days and the meditations are beautiful. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to look at, I'll look for that. That sounds great. <laughs> Highly recommend that. And then also somebody pointed out that it's really physical distancing that we need right now, not social distancing. So I love that my girlfriend, Michelle FaceTime called me the other day and we had a beautiful heart to heart talk. And I really felt more connected than with phone only. And so now I'm reaching out to everyone and wanting to FaceTime and connect with people. That's a good distinction. It isn't really social distancing. It's that physical, it's physical distancing. I like that. No. Yeah. We need each other. And then I even, I did go for a walk with my friend yesterday, but we planned on staying six feet apart and we did, but because it was a narrow sidewalk, we ended up one having to walk in front of the other and turn the head to talk. But at least we were doing something together, even though we were staying physically isolated. So See how creative you can be. I've seen that there are apps where you can play games with people. And so you could do a Zoom game night or something like that where you you can be remote. So, uh, yeah. And if you're listening, I welcome your comments in social media, on the podcast, and any ideas you've come up with on how to stay connected. You could do a, a solo potluck virtually or something like that. Um, everybody makes their own meal and you all connect on a Zoom or something like that. I mean, I can think of lots of things. Of course, it's taking up a bit of energy to do the extra work I'm finding required with the current situation. Yes. And so making sure to get enough sleep, I think is probably number one on the list. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so how can people find out more about you? I know you have some special gifts you would like to share with everyone. So please tell them how they can find out more. Visit my website, karenshanksmd.com. I have lots and lots of articles on fatigue and chronic fatigue and energy nutrition and a variety of topics that relate back to the book and living a, a healing life. And there, I do have a ebook that I'm offering for free that's called Your Healing Story. It's going through and looking at some of the common stories that I've observed in my clients over the many years that become obstacles to healing. It just begins that exploration, and I go a little deeper with that in the the actual book. Fabulous. And I do want to point out that when you're going to her website, it's K-A-R-Y-N-S-H-A-N-K-S-M-D.com. So Karen is spelled K-A-R-Y-N. And the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Revolution, which you certainly exemplify Her Brilliant Health. What does that mean to you? Oh, Her Brilliant Health. I just, I had this vision of just bright, shiny women with... (laughs) 
I love that. That's what that means to me. That's my the goal that I strive for when I'm working with people and for myself because we, the world needs our light, right? Yes. The world needs our light. Our Yes, the world needs our light. And that to me is what healing is all about. That's what healthcare is supposed to be all about, to bring us back to our light. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and journey and passion with everyone today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science. <laughs>